welcome to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White. I'm Hardy White. Join me now, won't you? Young and old alike. Tonight especially, I'm going to talk to kids. And then maybe they'll get a little bored. So have some cookies ready. Oh, and we're going to have fun radio stop. Good luck on your flight. Uh, what flight? Your flight of imagination. Oh, yeah, I'm getting ready to do the show. Well, good luck on your trip. All right. Although usually you just head right down a manhole. Oh, that's very funny. What's in your imaginary manhole? Um. Don't say turtles. All right. Uh. How about alligator people? There's alligator people living down there, and they have made an accord with the poo people who also live down there. All right, no, that's, I'm not going that way. What are you guys talking about? We're talking about Hardy's upcoming flight. Oh, what flight? You going somewhere? Can I have your car? No, I'm not going anywhere. Then what? I forgot what voice I was doing. Then why'd you... Then why'd you say... All right, listen. Hello, friends. Sometimes when you go on flights of imagination, you get on the wrong plane. Now, has that ever happened to you? Today, I'd like to talk to any kids that are listening. Hey, kids. Hey. You're listening to the radio. That's a, what an old-timey thing to do. Let me tell you, children, about back in the day. They say back in the day. That's years and years ago, before you were even born. And there were people that wanted to be entertained, and they didn't have the intranet, or they didn't have television even. And they had radio. And they had just recently not had radio. And there was just a small period of time where that was of interest to people. But hey, they loaded it with action. And on that radio, there would be plays and shows, but just with sound. Why no pictures? They were working on the pictures. It takes time. <clears throat> but initially, you would just look through a magazine or something at pictures of the people who were speaking. I don't know if that happened. Did they think to do that? I would have done that if I was like saying, uh, I just get, let's say I get a job on Duffy's Tavern. That was one of the radio shows they had. Duffy's Tavern, where the elite meet to meet, eat, where we eat the elite or something. I don't know. That was, that's somebody else's. Duffy's uh, Communist Revolution Tavern, which was also a very good, very popular show back in, even before radio. That was a vaudeville thing, I think. They do this gag where we're eating the rich, but they didn't really eat the rich. They would just pretend to. The They would make the rich out of, now ain't this rich, like chocolate or something. Or I guess it was, what's the really rich one? Grenache or something. The one they put molten lead in it to make it even more satisfying. When you... Another thing, kids, I, I don't want to digress for a moment, but I do. Because everywhere that we go, the food pyramid keeps coming up. Either the, what foods do we eat, hearty? And a lot of times, if I'm in a cafeteria or the jungle, people will say, what's safe to eat? What can I eat? And I go, always a mac and cheese. It's always pretty good, unless it's spoiled. Sometimes in the jungle, it'll be spoiled. You'll see the mac and cheese, and you'll go, that, how long has that been there? This is the jungle. <clears throat> how often does someone come by and leave a fresh, it looks like a side, just the side thing. It's not that, you can get a whole entree. Oh, I'll tell you, let me tell you this, another history lesson, children. In the 1990s, you started having these restaurants pop up, and they were, uh, not fast casual, but usually like they were casual dining and they would do home cooking. Suddenly became a thing. And all sorts of fancy ways of doing mac and cheese. They go, we're not going to use the elbow macaroni like in the on the television. We're going to use uh, the, the little shells or something like that. And then we're going to bake it with Gruyere. 
And then we're going to sprinkle it with panko. How about that? Oh, no, I don't like it. Yeah, now the kids don't like it. You've ruined it for children. Children's food. Sometimes children, like, they're not ready for a lot of flavors. They go, let me start out basic. When you're teaching a child piano, you don't say, oh, here we're going to do a number by something. But there's lots of, I don't know. I can't even think of anybody. One of the, Bach. (laughs) You say, no, we're going to do something simpler. Um, Here's one by Cecil Taylor. Try that one first work up no they want to try something even maybe even simpler than that just hit the hit the c over and over again what's the food equivalent i don't know chicken fingers or something fake chicken fingers i I would like to say to you oh if you're not adventurous say maybe just small things are exciting to you and that's great. Say, so I don't need to. I was thinking, Hardy, I don't need to jump off a cliff. That's fantastic. What's exciting to you? Taking the bus somewhere? All right. It, I mean, not, to me too. And Sometimes I'm on high alert. Like something that would take, you'd have to jump out of an airplane to feel. I would like just going out in public. Maybe I'd feel that. That's exciting. Oh, the world is such... A varied place, isn't it? Oh, I just got here, Hardy. I'm five. Five? Oh, welcome. Gosh, that's both a long time and not very long at all. You've learned so much in those five years, though, I bet. Yes, you've probably learned more in those first five years than I've learned between age 40 and 60. I'm thinking. Because I really don't, I can't even tell you what I know anymore. But I remember early on learning lots of stuff. You go, well, I learned the language. Well, I know how to act or something like that. That's fantastic. Some people, there's not just Mozart or, or Jodie Foster, but some people achieve things very early on. They master something that might take the rest of us never. <laughs> so I will never be as good as that. There's no... You know what's great? Another thing, talking to children. This whole thing is not a contest. There's contests in it. That's fun. But the thing itself is not a contest. Life is not a contest. So you do what you can because, oh, my gosh, if it were. Could you imagine that somebody have an unfair advantage? They go, oh, it's a contest. And what's the contest? The head circumference or something. You go, oh, I'm out. Well, I have a small to average hat size, so I'm out. And that'd be no fun, you know, but we all are sort of have the challenge of being alive at all, finding what our favorite foods are, finding what our favorite, the hardest thing is finding your favorite stand-up comedian. And you go, do I have to even have one? No, you don't. You don't. I'm going to say, I'm going to just, as somebody's older, I'd be like, check out Mitch Hedberg, but I, I, I. Uh, I wouldn't be like, um, I wouldn't insist on it or anything like that. And foods. I may say, you you might like, uh, well, I'm a vegetarian. Oh, you know that already. That's good. So I don't know. I was going to say butter chicken, but I'll think of something else. There's so many good vegetarian foods. I like a lot of vegetables right out of the garden. Let's go. I like to do this. I dress up, I put rabbit ears on, and then I, I wiggle under the fence, and I eat all my neighbor's vegetables, right on my hands and knees. I'll just rip the carrots out of the ground with my teeth, and it's a little gritty. But I, one time I brought a vegetable peeler with me, and another time I made myself sick eating the Brussels right off the stalk. They're so weird. They don't look like they should grow like that. There's something... There's some kind of tumors on your stock plant. No, I'm growing Brussels. Oh, yum. How are you going to serve them? Everything is context. Once you sow, oh, what is that horrible thing? Oh, it's a type of squash. Oh, all right. But it might not look good to you at first. 
Oh, my friends, it's just good to be together sometimes. This, all this is an experience, and nobody quite knows where we're going. It is like you get on an airplane, and you turn to the person next to you, and you go, where are we headed? They go, I don't know. Who's flying the plane? I don't know. It's like that. And you say, well, I guess I'll just settle in. Are there movies? There are movies. There are movies. That I do know. So it's nice. You can know your maybe your immediate environment always. And as a child, you're used to doing that. Oh, when I was a kid, I would be very quickly intimate with, with the smallest environment I could get. You know what I'm saying? I think that we learned that from when we were in the wild and when we were monkey folk. But uh, you go to like a house or something, you find a nook, and then you be like, you know, I'm going to know every inch of the nook. Maybe this was before screens and everything. But I was much more like a, a little animal child. And then you become, you go, I'm no, I know this place real well now. You go to somebody's yard, you explore it for hours. You go, I know this place like the back of my hand. This yard, it looks like nothing to you. But these trees and these shrubs, to me, they are landmarks. They might as well be the bank building. They might as well be a lamppost. They might as well be a signpost because this is my turf. This is where I roam. This is my space and I know it. I'm going to go, if something chases me, I will go up onto that shed right there. I know just the little hiding place to be. That's a good thing about being a child. Now, now that I'm older, I think, oh, I don't even know where I am half the time. Ever, I've been to parties and I think, oh, if I had to walk home, I'd be, it's, I'd be sunk. Mainly because I'm in a different state. But I think that when I'm in a different state, too, I think, <clears throat> not sure how to get home. Uh, let's say you lose your phone or something. You know, well, I live here now. Oh, so you always, always be prepared to live in the chair you're sitting in. Because that might be your new home. Oh, don't let it scare you. Oh, you should never be that scared. Why? Just say that. Because then when you are, it's something to tell yourself when you're terrified. And it's good to be your own best friend and to comfort yourself. Always have an imaginary friend. I have a whole, I have lots of imaginary friends. And there's an entire hierarchy. Isn't that fun? So I have an imaginary, I have two imaginary friends under me and then they have six imaginary friends under them who each have crews and i don't even know some of those imaginary friends on the on the but they do things for me and they will be there for me and i never get lonely and so they always am i one yes you're one butchie i'm not participating all right it's, it, you feel like it's beneath your dignity? Well, I'm not imaginary. All right, all right. I'm an actor. All right. We're sitting right here. I know, but like, play along. Play along with the, the, the play. I mean, nobody needs to know that. You're my imaginary friend. I'm just doing other voices and stuff. Whatever. All right. Oh, my goodness. You know what the... Or the actors to turn on you. I've seen that happen in cartoons. Sometimes they come alive. And uh, Scooby-Doo will just turn to the animator and say, you know, excuse me, but this is rather beneath my dignity. Isn't that funny? They always have different... You don't know, Scooby. You go... I, do, I most certainly do not. Like that. They're always... Um, and that implies that acting is beneath our dignity. And I don't, I don't think it is. I think um, nothing is beneath the human dignity. Oh, my goodness. What a messy thing. We are. We come in in a messy way. We'll leave. There's a degree of messiness. And then in the middle, one big mess. So I am there, friends, just like other people who have experienced the ups and downs of life to say, hey, I'm here for you. I can't offer you much. All I can do a lot of times is, is acknowledge and say, I understand. I understand it hurts. Well, make it go away. I can't. Tell me the answer. I can't. 
You can't or you won't? I cannot. You may not? I know. I can't. I don't know it. I don't. The answer you want? Yeah. I don't know it. All right. But I can sit here with you. You know, I can, I can be with you. And I can experience things with you. But I don't know answers and everything like that. Sometimes it's fun to experience things with somebody who says they know all the answers. It makes you feel better. So I will come to, I can heal you. Oh, good, because I'm, I'm hurting. All right. Here, take this magic penny and put it on your forehead. Um. Do as I say. Have you no faith? Uh, my, sometimes my arrogant posh characters have marbles in their mouth because they're taking elocution lessons. Oh, kids, when I was a child, I found a record that my, my mother made. Your mom was a pop star? No, no, no. A lot of times you could make records back then, vinyl records, um, just from a machine or something like that or at school instead of a tape. So my mother in school took a class and had a talk uh, like, um, well, how to do the um, transatlantic uh, accent, the formal, the made-up formal American posh accent, which doesn't exist, but they made it up and people like Katherine Hepburn spoke it. So there is a record and I found it. I said, what's this? And it has my mother's name on it and I put it on the record player because I, I was used to putting things like Blue Bluedy and my other uh, story records. If y'all kids don't have Blue Bluedy or one of those story records, you need to go out and get it. It stimulates your imagination. So I put this record on by my mom and then I heard this. Four score and seven years ago, our forefathers brought forth unto the star show. Something like that. And I was like, my mom, my mom didn't talk like that. My, mom, my mom's from New Jersey. So that was really strange, uh, strange to me. And I liked it. And I thought, yeah, and even back then, I thought someday, even though this didn't exist any yet, I thought, I'm going to sample this. This is before hip-hop, really. I thought, I'm going to take this, though, and I'm going to... No, I didn't think that. No, I didn't think that at all. I wonder what I thought. I thought, gosh, my mom is on record just like the Banana Splits or the Beatles or uh, Shelley Berman. The kids today, hey, uh, parents or guardians, just wonder and just talk to you for a minute. Do kids today listen to, to like, 60s comedy albums anymore? No. So, well, we used to listen to a lot of Shelley Berman and stuff back then. By we, I mean just me. I don't know if anybody else did. Oh, our experiences are all different, and they are what form us. Let's say that you're a big, just you're a ball of clay, and the universe is a violent, chaotic, confused child with poor motor skills. And then it makes something and goes, that's a elephant. And that blob of poorly formed uh, imagination manifest as concrete substance is, is you. And then you walk around like that and you go, I don't know what I was supposed to be, but I don't think I'm it. I've always thought that. Is there a place in this world for Hardy White? Oh, I just wanted to do... And it turns out... Well, first of all, yes and no. I don't want to spoil it for you, but yes yes and no there is. I don't want you to think that you can imagine yourself something and then it automatically happens. I do not find this to be true. What I found is that I wasn't any one thing and that the thing that worked for me was the knowledge and being aware. So I learned as much as I can. I never stop learning. I try to learn and pay attention as much as I possibly can, and you will find that that's good too. So, you know, in case you go, well, I want to be a hungar master. You can, and your hungar classes are fun, and you've now, how many of, how many of those iron bracelets do you have? Oh, I have a lot. 
So I have wristbands, hungar. Then so, but let's okay. But that's one of many things to learn. And you are going to change and evolve in your life. And there's all sorts of things that could happen. You know? And so, uh, did you ever order a spy kit, kids? And it comes and it's got a lot of things in it. And all the things in it are to prepare you in case you encounter certain situations in your spying. So in a lot of spy kits will be so like an orange in case you need to distract some kind of aggressive primate or something like that. You toss it an orange or some invisible ink in case you want to write a note that you can't read. I like to do that because, oh my gosh, I wish that had I had written all the poetry that I have ever written I wish I had done it in invisible ink because now, and, and I look at it and I go, oh, oh, why are you making, oh, great spirit, why are you making me look at these words? But the reason that I might be mortified is because maybe I've learned more about poetry. Oh, when we grow, we should be uh, not ashamed of the past, but we should uh, giggle at it a little. I always think, and so you enjoy your superhero pajamas right now, young friend, and that's fine, that's great, but you will, you might giggle at them later. You go, oh, why was I wearing superhero pajamas? That's because you already did it. Been there, done that. Had that experience. Some things you're going to want to take with you into adulthood, say, I love Pop-Tarts. Do I have to stop eating them, Hardy? No, I don't think so. And sweet cereal, you can still eat that. I mean, there's some things like, okay, let's say you're on a train or something. You can't just sit there and and kind of suck on a piece of Zweibach until the end of that dried out piece of bread's all soggy and everything like that. That will not be tolerated past a certain age. And I'm sorry that I didn't make that rule. But you'll understand. Once you get there, you go, oh, gosh. I don't want to see older folks sucking on toast, unless they have to. You will again. <laughs> Believe me, we'll all be doing that again someday. It's, uh, it's not quite a full circle. It's more like a spiral. Right down a manhole, a fun one, though. A fun, adventurous manhole. Like when, like, I don't want to use the word rabbit hole, because then you have to pay Lewis Carroll money. He's a writer, wrote, Alice Goes to Wonderland, Alice Meets the Three Stooges, all the Alice series, Alice's Restaurant, Alice Goes Down the Rabbit Hole, Hardy Goes Down the Alice Rabbit Hole with Alice, and they do things, and they cling to the walls, and each wall is some sort of station or some kind of vignette, and we can walk out into it, and I go, this rabbit hole has sort of a Guggenheim Museum vibe to it. I feel like we're falling down the middle, but then we can hop onto a ramp and look at art. What are we looking at today? Oh, it's somebody's uninspired 50s collection. Oh, that's okay. Why is it uninspired? I don't know. It's just not speaking to me. Can we go? I feel that way sometimes in museums. Or I will get, <clears throat> I'll get what I call finished. So I'll go to a museum. And I'll look at some paintings, and maybe one of them will speak to me in such a way that I can't hear any of the others after that. And I go, I'm done. I'm done. I'm good. And then I felt like I've I got to go act on that, what that painting said to me. Hardy, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, large sergeant portrait of Italian, what's it say? Italian woman. <clears throat> What would you like me to do? I want you to consider, here, come closer. Oh, look at the brush strokes. A single brush stroke for what looks like a, a complex reflection. My word, what a mastery of color and light. Yes, all right. Now leave the museum and have a club sandwich or something. All right, I'm going to do that though, at the museum, because they've got a, a nice little cafe. All right, suit yourself. 
that's an evening from not an evening but a day for me i'd love to do that go out and get ideas and learn things do you like to do that kids sometimes you can free form learn that's where you go out in your backyard or you just go around your house and you try to see things that you haven't seen before or try to figure out good questions that's what i like to do i don't like to go got to figure out a good question before you go ask an adult's question sometimes you go what is what is what is up what is the sky sometimes you do it just to be aggressive and annoying but if you really have a well-formed question you're going to learn a lot so knowing what to ask sometimes is a great thing. So you go around and you go, what is this? And they'll go, oh, don't touch that. Well, what is it? Mm, it's electrical. Electrical what? And then they'll explain to you that your grandfather was an inventor and that he made this Tesla coil. No, I don't know. It's your, it's your uh, family history, not me, kids. Well, we don't all, and not everybody has everything the same. And I think a lot of times, maybe you go to school or read you a book and you go, you come home and you go, our family's not like that. And uh, the, the sort of octopus creature that cares for you goes, <laughs> and, uh, and you go, oh, yeah, because everybody's different a little bit. There's no sort of standardized way of being. I mean, there is and there isn't. Well, but I get bullied at school for being different. Oh, that's complicated. I wish you hadn't brought that up. Oh, I don't know. I'm confounded by some injustices. I will say this. It ain't your fault. Uh, It's not really incumbent upon you to solve that problem. Let me speak to your bully. I'm going to do that. Because that's where the, that's the root of the problem. And that, that is, also complicated, but, you know, it's a chain, and uh, you got to break it. What was done to me, so I'm doing it to somebody. Oh, that's the best kind of chain to break. Oh, I inherited bigotries, and so to honor my father and mother, I am passing on the bigotries. Oh, break the chain. Then I will be alone in the world. Break the chain of hate. Break the bad chains. Break all the ones that would keep you from loving or caring about others. Oh, stop those. Break the bully chain. I was hurt, and so I shall hurt. Oh, I promise you something beyond the feeling that you get from control or vengeance or anything. I promise you something. It's like Obi-Wan Kenobi. You say, once, you, once you're free... Uh, you become a, a different type of powerful. It's a it's a non-power powerful, and that's a wonderful thing. You're not you're suddenly not pushing back at the river. You suddenly are the river. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm just being silly. And your your grandfather's in the background going, I like this fella. And he also mentioned Duffy's Tavern. Oh, you're de- you. If you listen to that originally, you're dead. That's what I think. Cause I can't imagine anybody be still alive. I have a. I'm gonna see, go see an old timer, relative soon. But I bet it doesn't even come up. He doesn't mention that very often. I do. I say, what was it like in World War II? Oh, move on. No, he'll say that because he was on a, a boat at 18. Ooh, here we go. Who's uh? Learning Japan on the way, uh, Japanese on the way to Japan on a boat at 18 years old on choppy seas. And sometimes he'll, he'll talk about that if I ask. I mean, he doesn't just talk about it. Uh, but sometimes if you ask older folks, they're like, uh, they'll know things, you know. Do you know you can make donuts? Well, they come from a factory store, Grandpa. No, you know, you can make them at home if you have the guts to deep fry. There's nothing you can't make at home if you don't have uh, the the courage to heat up a lethal amount of oil. Oh, my goodness. Everything. Is there risk to everything? I don't know. I'm not going to talk about risk. That would be on a I Have a Decision Theory for Kids podcast.
that I like to do. And say, how are you qualified to do that? Because I have a five-year-old's understanding of decision theory. And so, hence my ability to teach it to four-year-olds. This is the way I always look at things. If I'm right, that's why anybody can help. Say, I don't know much. Go, there's somebody who knows less. Wouldn't you like to pretend to be a teacher? I always think that about coaching. I go, I'm so bad at sports. I know I can find an aged children that I'm better than them at something. So I might, the kids might come off my soccer team learning all how to do it wrong. But I still, I can, I score on them like, barely redirect the ball and they topple. They fall down. I love it. But I'm teaching them something. And I don't have to know a lot. Oh, yes. Part of the fun of learning is also teaching and showing and sharing. When you have things, you can share them. And that's the fun part. Having it alone is no fun. Oh, can you imagine this? Uh, I want the funnest game on earth, said the child. And the genie appeared and said, Yes, I will grant your wish. Lou? Hey, man. Yeah, I'm going to be the genie. All right. I want... Okay. I want the funnest game on earth. And the funnest game on earth you shall have. And so the genie made appear the funnest game on earth. Oh, this looks fun. It is fun. All right. Enjoy. And so the little child opened the funnest game. And then his friend came over. Hey, I heard you got the funnest game on earth. Yeah, yeah, but it's not for you. It's my funnest game. Oh, well, why don't you play it with me? No, no, I'm going to have the funnest game all by myself. And so the little boy played with the funnest game by himself. But it was no fun because it, it said two to four players, and he was only one. And so he wouldn't have any fun, so he called the genie. Hey, what's up? Yeah, well, it's supposed to be the funnest game on earth, but... Mm, well, what's the problem? Well, it isn't fun. Yeah, are you playing it with somebody? No. Well, it says right there, two to four players. Yeah. And like batteries, the other players are not included. You got to get that yourself. Hmm. I swear it'll be fun. All right. And so the little boy called his friend and he came over. Yeah? I've changed my mind. You can play the funnest game with me. Oh, boy. We're going to have fun. And they did. And they laughed and had fun for hours and hours and hours with the funnest game on earth. And then, um, actually, I think you should go now. All right. I don't want to overstay my welcome. I know I'm kind of strong medicine, but I appreciate you playing with me. All right. Enjoy. Oh, that guy's weird, but I, he's also kind of fun in small doses. Yes, oh, not everything is, uh, you know, zero or one. There's a lot in between zero and one. We had to make up all the numbers that are in between those, but they're there. I think they might be infinite, so that's encouraging. So, you know, oh, between on and off, there's so much an off or on and stuff like that all different combinations and i hope that you i'm i'm like that are you like that i'm a type of um i've been told this a type of funny not funny so i'm excited about that because that's a that's a variation did you know there's yellow diamonds things come in all sorts of shapes and sizes i learned gemology from lucky charms because that's those are your basic those are your basic uh, precious gems. Green clover. Wait, wait. I'm thinking of a, I might be thinking of a different cereal. What are you thinking of? There was a cereal. I don't know if it still exists, but it was um. Uh, it was a, a kind of. I don't clown bash really because I've had friends who were clowns, and I was I I briefly worked as a clown. And so I don't like to, I'm not going to make fun of them or bash them. Oh, they were horrible. Whatever. Um, it's part of our culture. You, you'll, you'll survive. 
So uh, there was had a clown on it, and the name of the cereal is Kaboom. Um, kaboom. I am heavy weapon cereal, it says. And uh, it was all, it was 180% sugar, 20% uh, ground up children's teeth. Or something. I don't know what was in it, but it wasn't good. I don't know that it was good for you, but it was tasty, and it had uh, art the the wonderful subtle artificial fruit flavors. Mmm. Mmm. There's a special there's a special character to artificial grape. No grape tastes like fake grape. There's no grape that tastes like fake grape. I've tasted them all. Fake grape is is something extra. And I don't know if it's ambergris or I don't know what they put in it, but it's it's something else. And you like it or you don't like it. Another flavor is like that is red. Kids, did you ever get a book or something, either a coloring book or, or a regular book, and there's some blank pages, and the blank pages say on them, well, wait a minute, then they're not blank. But there's some implication that the blank page is where you put your art. Or you do that, or you fill this one in. It leaves some room for you. Now, if you're still listening to this, especially if you're a very young child and you're just listening to words, there's no pictures. But yet, as you're listening to my voice, and I say something like, there's an elephant in your backyard, and it's wearing pajamas. And it's eating a cheese sandwich. And when you go out and say hello, it's not startled. It goes, hey, hey, friend, I brought an extra cheese sandwich with me. Would you like one? And you take the elephant's cheese sandwich. And then you say, those pajamas look very familiar. And the elephant, in a sort of defensive voice now, says, if you're implying that these are your pajamas, you'd be wrong. No, 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 you say. I'm sorry. I just have one that are very much like that. But mine are smaller. Oh, says the elephant. I'm sorry I'm snapped. I'm just very sensitive about these things. I'm wearing hand-me-downs. I have to wear hand-me-downs sometime, you say. I have a cousin, and they're older. And so sometimes I have to wear what they wear. But they're Scottish. And so I have to wear kilts and all these things and I gotta wear some little like fanny pack purse I don't wanna and the elephant laughs and says yes I don't understand what you're saying but cheese sandwiches are sort of a universal language yes you laugh and you both laugh together now if you were watching something young friend you wouldn't have seen that scene but you just saw it didn't you you saw it in your head you didn't have to use your eyes you could close your eyes. If you're uh, whoever older person is w watching you and making sure that a lamp doesn't fall on you, if that person wants you to go to sleep and you say, oh, I want to, I'll go to sleep. I promise I'll close my eyes, but I would like to listen to something. Sometimes you say that, right? And you go, what, what do you want to listen I want to listen to some ASMR rain or something. All right. Well, I have one, and it's a cozy cottage, and outside are just a series of explosions. No, no, I was thinking about soothing rain or a story record. Oh, all right. Well, here's a story record about a small little scared animal lost in a storm. I don't want to have nightmares. All right. Um, tell me about the episode of Gomer Pyle you saw last night. Oh, I saw something interesting. So the episode of Gomer Pyle, Gomer was sleepwalking, and it turned out he was sleepwalking because he was going to this restaurant in town every night, inexplicably, and eating Welsh rarebit. Now, Welsh rarebit, in the show, they're saying, Welsh rarebit, everybody knows, it gives you nightmares. Now, there is a comic by Windsor McKay called Dreams of a Rarebit Fiend. And it's very famous. And it's from, like, what, the 20s or something? No, sir, you were mistaken. You were mistaken. I'm sure. Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
comic friend. Um, <clears throat> whenever Windsor McCann, I think it was the I think it was the twenties or the teens or something. Anyway, so I remembered that, and I go, I wonder, you know, was it always? Did people always say, oh, Welsh rarebit gives you nightmares, or? Is it just since Windsor McKay? Did he did he start that little bit of propaganda? I don't know. I'm not interested in knowing the real answer. Is there any truth? What is Welsh rarebit? Well, I will say this. I grew up eating it, but I grew up eating the frozen, frozen Stouffer's version they had. For, I don't know if they still have that. But something that might or may or may not have been in it. So it's what is it? It's cheese. It's melted cheese sauce, and I believe it also has mustard in it, and I believe it also has beer. Now, I'm thinking that the beer might be the thing that's giving people nightmares or bad dreams. So, be, I mean, uh, beer and cheese and mustard, I don't know if it makes for a good night's sleep. To me, that knocked me right out. I'd go, yeah. I'm going, I'm not going to have, I'm going to have a dreamless sleep with this Welsh rarebit, I think. But I, I adore it. And you put it on toast. Or I guess you can just drink it. No, I don't know if you can do that. Um, I was reminiscing with a friend, which is what all I do because I don't like the present. No, I do. I, don't, I like it. I like it a lot. It's the past I don't understand. And so sometimes I'll talk about it and I go, did, am I imagining this? Or did they really have cheddar cheese soup at a restaurant that had an old-timey airplane theme? And you go, yeah, I think that happened. Well, my friends, if, if this has happened to you, I ask you, children do you like do you like fun restaurants like that i can't say i did i you know i hope they're not evil because i still like them and there's ones where there's just all sorts of uh like robots and things robot animals and they i don't know if they serve you but um just all sorts of things like you're in a dreamland there's one i talked about mad ludwig's castle restaurant you go around to all the different opera scenarios and you eat among them. Or I'm doing one with modern um, film. So I'm opening a restaurant and each month there's a different modern film and you eat in this environment inspired by the film. It's Northman this week or this month. And so there's a lot. That's an... It's a scary one. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but all sorts of all wonderful things. Uh, and you'll love it. And we can do, sometimes we do some old-timey ones. You go, what's the theme of this restaurant? And you go, a Harry Dean Stanton in Paris, Texas. You go, oh, I don't know. I don't remember a lot of details about that. Watch it again. Fantastic movie. Really enjoy it. Comment board going crazy. My younger listeners, I don't understand. I know, I'm so sorry. Here's the thing, though. I'm trying, when I was little, about your, about your age, my grandfather said, I'm going to have a suit made for you. <gasps> and I said, a suit just like a grown-up person has? And he says, yes, I'm going to have a suit made for you. What, what color do you want? And I go, I want white. <laughs> I don't know why I said white. A little white suit. I look like a tiny little preacher or something I guess so he says all right this place is going to make a white suit for you and sure enough they measured me and they made uh, a white suit for me and oh I wore that every special occasion anytime that I could I put on my white suit I looked so smart I probably looked like a cruise ship captain I don't know but I, I thought it was great and then there came a day when I couldn't fit into my little white suit anymore. And that was a sad day. And it took a while. You're in denial for a while. You, you Are you going to keep that white suit? Yes, maybe I'll shrink. But the thing is that some things that give us pleasure at a certain age do not necessarily persist in to the next one. And by putting things in this show, my young listener friends, that you don't understand, I'm ho hoping that you can go and try this back on in 10 years and you go, I know what Hardy was talking about now. Now he's talking to 5-year-old me and 15-year-old me and 30-year-old me, or I don't know. 
I have, let's say, I've been on the radio, let's just say roughly since, well, on, on WFMU for 10 years, but I've been on the radio since I was five years old. No, I don't know, in the 90s or something, let's say. So let's say you were listening to me then, or let's just 20 years ago, and you were eight years old. You'd be, oh my gosh, right now you'd be to the age where you'd go, I'm so disappointed with how my life has turned out. No, you'd be 28. And you'd go, what am I going to do? Oh. And it's a, a I, I got a PhD. Wow, now what? And you were listening to me when you were eight years old. And now you're a grown-up. Now imagine if you remembered some of the things I said. And, and uh, that'd be fun, right? That's exciting for me. And I'm contacted all the time and saying, you know, hey, I, I'm, uh, you know, um, I don't know if you remember me, but I discovered your show at my bar mitzvah, and now I'm going through a divorce and I just appreciate your, your humor and your compassion. So I think, oh, thank you. That's wonderful. Oh, bless you, life is strange and wonderful adventure. And all the shows that you see, you know, there's, there are not the best stories where kids have to figure stuff out and use their wits. Those are good because that's going to come up. Oh, sometimes it's scary. But it's also an adventure. It's also pretty wonderful. It's also exciting. And oh, you can, you can always be whoever you want at any given time. Now, maybe the rest of the world won't see it. There's no guarantee. You may walk around and say, I am super pajama elephant boy. But nobody sees it except me. And that's possible. But that doesn't mean it's not true. It doesn't mean that who you are inside isn't who you are. That's the most who you are. People outside are always going to see just the tip of the iceberg. All they see is the outside of you. They don't even see the living you. Did you know that? Did you know that everything that people can see is dead? Oh, your, your, your hair, your skin, your nails... Everything that is like, that's all dead uh, cells. The living stuff is right under it. So you're just, you've got like a shell on you. And that's not really. Who you are is inside. Ooh. And there, there you dwell. And it's for you to tell other people who you are. That's because you know, because you're on, I'm on the inside. Well, I can see you. I know who you are. Well, no, <laughs> you're on the outside of my house. If you're, okay, you're on the outside of my house. All right, how many bathrooms do I have? Well, I don't know. How would I know? Exactly. Uh, yay. Oh, I'm glad you came over to play today. I'm sorry I won't be able to play with you, but go. you're welcome to everything that's out back. I am going to lock the house because I'm leaving, but I left you some food and some water. Enjoy. Gates open. Don't let the animals in or out. What animals? You'll see. Is it an elephant? It may or may not be. It may be uh, alligator people from the sewer. How will I know? You'll smell them. We are the alligator people from the sewer, and we're here at your invitation, because we hear you're having a party in your backyard, and we showed up. With food, boom, boom, oh, we are the alligators in the sewer. We are here because we are neighbors too. Just because we live under you doesn't mean we're beneath you. We are the alligators in the sewer. Boom, 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 boom. I am the chief alligator. Oh, hello, alligator lord of the sewer. Thank you for coming to the picnic. Yes, where's the young person who is having the party? I'm right here. Hello, young person. We have a message for you. Are you ready, alligators? We're ready. Bum, blah, dum, 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 oh, I don't know what their message is. You're going to have to fill that in. You write the rest. You write the ending. You pick them. 
Oh, I love those. You pick them at the you pick them endings. Now, some novels you're forced to have a you pick them ending because they're unfinished. So Edgar Allan Poe wrote a novel called The Narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym. Of Lexington? No, of Nantucket. Oh, that Arthur Gordon Pym. Yes, The Narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym of Nantucket. And I guess it took him so long to write the title that he's like, oh, okay, done. No, so he wrote this 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 book. And it's great. Guy goes to see, he's like trapped in a boat. I don't know. I read it a long time ago. But it has no ending. So it just builds up to this crescendo. And it's like, it is like, it's like listening to a dubstep song that goes. Oh, there's no drop. I lost it. I lost a literary sneeze. That's what it feels like. So it's very unsatisfying. But then in your class, you get professor goes, all right, now how would you end the narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym? Of Nantucket? Of Nantucket. And then you can fill it in because Poe didn't, I don't know whether he died or didn't get around to it. He was like, man, I, I keep trying to write this novel, but there's some kind of noise in the wall. Listen to the sounds. Uh, you should, hey kids, you're going to grow up and watch Twin Peaks The Return. And then you're going to go, do I need to watch the first two seasons? I don't know. I would say Fire Walk With Me is probably more essential. So tell them Hardy told you. I was thinking the other day when I was in school, I keep thinking what 40 years ago is. So I saw a, ch a, a child wearing a kind of shirt I wore 40 years ago. And then I thought, oh, that's interesting. What kind of shirt would I have worn if I was that child's age? And, and I thought, well, that's, I don't even know what kind of shirt they had at the time. I'd have to go look at pictures of like, you know, the early 40s or something to see what kind of retro shirt I would have been wearing. The past used to be much farther away than it is now. Now it's so close, probably because of television and everything like that. But before that, it was it could be very far away, and you'd have to look at movies, which were like some kind of, some kind of hazy window into the past. I was going to say mirror into the past. No, you just see yourself. I would just see myself in a hazy mirror. Yes, and poorly. But this was a maybe a window into the past. Or a telescope. Okay, let's just say window. Or, or you, you don't have to come up with anything. Window's fine. Everybody's going to know what I mean. That's just a way of looking into the past. But anyway, so I guess it makes it more current. It just seems to be, it used to be more far away. So I don't know a lot of people that were kind of slicking their hair back and wearing little round wire rim glasses or something when I was a kid. But maybe they were. So I'm going to try to, I think I'm going to dress like uh, Woodrow Wilson. In the 80s. I can't remember anybody who did that, but maybe. I'm going to get all sorts of pictures of a band that's dressed entirely like Woodrow Wilson. And I will have to... I won't eat my words because I'm, can't, I'm not allowed to. The doctor says don't. But I will suck on them and then uh, spit them out, I guess. Oh, I'm glad you joined me. I am. I'll tell you why. Because, uh, you know, these things are precious, these moments. Precious and few are the moments we toucan. A toucan is a type of uh, colorful bird, and they use it for Fruit Loops. Not that they don't. You don't. You're not eating the toucan. It's their. It's their mascot. It's their mascot. Somebody dresses up like this tropical bird at the cereal factory to get people psyched. You can do it. It goes around. You know. It's Make those fabulous fruit flavors for the children. The children all want their fabulous fruit flavors to begin their day in a colorful and, and fun way. So they're getting their nutrition and they're getting a little sweet treat as well. So let's get to it and make sure that that dye and sweetener and grape flavor gets in there. And to our young friends, hello. I am to 
And then Toucan had a name, Toucan Sam, I think his name is. I'm doing Toucan um, Eddie, Eddie May. Um, it's a different one. But the um, same kind of thing. Birds, I'm, they had more birds on television when I was younger, if I remember correctly. There was a detective that had a cockatoo that would, you know, solve crimes with him. So what should we do now, Beretta? So I don't know. Uh, uh, go solve some crimes? Well, yes, I shall sit on your shoulder and solve the crimes with you. Um, I think Beretta was a cop or something. Maybe he was an ex-con. I don't know. They used to blur that line. I'm an ex-con, but now I'm a cop. But then I went back to jail, and now I'm a cop again. And now I'm a private eye. And, but I'm also in the Army or something. And I have a bird. And the bird talks to me. And I have a robot friend named Jaime. And also a lots of... And we went over to a giant spiders for tea. Join me now, will you? Oh, I love telling stories like that. I don't know what you're saying. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. That's the thing. I'm trying to, I'm trying to focus and get the story told. But gosh, I don't think that's the way things work. I've never taken a good trip that just starts from A and then gets from all the way to the other. What's the A at the end called? Z. And then there's everything in the middle. Hey, the beginning and the end, they're just ends. What's in the middle is what counts. Nobody, who wants to be at the ends of a bell curve? Oh, well, no. If I was going to say, oh, choose, do you want to be at the ends of the bell curve or the middle? And you'd go, well, which way is the bell curve oriented? And I'm going, I'm not going to tell you. And you'd go, oh, middle, right? Because it depends. So, you know, smartest person ever over here, dumbest person ever over here, all the big bulge in the middle. If you didn't know what those ends were, you wouldn't pick them. So it doesn't matter go in the middle. I don't know what you're saying. I don't either. I think I was just, I wanted to talk about bells and bell making today because I'm putting out a child's version of Tarkovsky's Andrei Rublev. And I was, uh, I wanted to talk about making bells, but I've run out of time. Oh, I'm going to do an animated version. It's got a fun little cartoon. I don't know what they'll be. The, mon the monks might actually be little monkeys. I thought that'd be fun. They're monks, but they're monkeys. Because sometimes we call monkeys monk. Hey, monk. It's an affectionate term for monkey. Are you speaking to me? Yes, I am. I think we're fascinated with... I'm fascinated with... Well, monkeys and, and I guess also Irish Americans because of how closely related I am to them. And, and so... Uh, you know, say, well, those people look like me a little bit. And uh, those monkeys look like me. That monkey has my teeth. I have teeth like that, monkey. What have you been eating? You're eating the same thing I am. Do you smoke a pipe, monkey? Is that what's going on? Uh, no, I'm embarrassed. Oh, I'm not embarrassed to be who I am. I embrace being a human being with all its weaknesses and all its uh, disgustingness and all its dignity and lack of dignity. And what makes it worth it? You. You, my friend, that we're friends. That we get to be alive at the same time and have adventures. And get to meld our minds together and build huge composite adventures. And have a, a, a imagination that goes together like a giant crossword, uh, not crossword puzzle, jigsaw puzzle that has no edges just goes on. We just keep making and building things together, making a world. Oh, I love it, and I love to be with you. You are listening to Miracle Nutrition on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, 91.9 in Rockland County and New York City, New York, and online at WFMU.org. Thank you for listening, and I will see you again next week.
Twins name was Ebony. Her name was Mahogany. 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 Twins name was Ebony. Thank <laughs> you. 
Bye. <laughs> 